Coming up, I will reveal the dangerous sign that our country is in decline. And then more employees than ever are checked out. Productivity is down. We'll look at the reasons why and what that means for us. Let's go. All right, this is the Ken Colbert Show where I help you get out of the matrix so you can be free to live and work the way you want to live and work. All right, so um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where I want to start here because I, I could do an hour-long show on this. I, I Alex, I just looked down at my notes and I was like, I you could book an airplane hangar and truck in 10,000 people and I wouldn't be satisfied. Uh, I, I want this message out there, so here we go. Um, there are times where we have to be okay sharing the truth even when it's kind of scary and this is one of those days I see it everywhere now I'm not going to list it all out I'm just going to tell you this dangerous sign that America is in decline is that we are so stinking scared and I, I think honestly this is worldwide but I'm doing this in the American context, but this is a worldwide problem. We have a global pandemic of fear. Worry. Anxiety. I think, you know, I think in some ways we have, we are in danger of using the word anxiety so much that it turns into the next bullying. Like when, just when someone's mean to you, it's bullying. No, it's not. Just because you're scared doesn't mean you have anxiety. Anxiety is real. I don't question the validity of the clinical diagnosis and how it can have profound effects on people. And everybody has different levels of it. But just because you're having a moment where you're a little scared, I got news for you, Snowflake. You aren't dealing with anxiety. But we are a scared society. All we do is think about protecting ourselves. And what's gotten lost in this is that we don't think about improving ourselves. How in the world could you possibly think about improving yourself when all you're doing is protecting yourself? That means that the very idea of the two words is so, so spread out on the spectrum. If I'm improving on myself, I'm moving forward mentally, emotionally, physically at times. I, I, I'm in the act of improving if i'm protecting myself i'm in the very act of retreating i cower shield i hide that's protectionary if i'm improving i'm learning i'm doing i'm trying and now you've got this knee-jerk reaction to all this fear, which is I'm trying to get as comfortable as possible, safe. Now the new, you know, it used to be about success. Now it's about safe, comfortable. See, because success, that's not given to you. Comfort, that's given to you. You want to know why people 
clamor for the tenets of socialism where universal income, these ideas come from socialism. This is not a political show. Don't get offended. Be provoked. I'm okay to provoke you. I want to provoke you to think, to challenge me. Go do your own research. Consider what I'm saying at the very least. Universal income is a socialist idea. And it's widely accepted by people who feel like they have no shot at their own success. So then they go, well, if I can't create my own success, I need to be comfortable. I need to be safe. And so I rely on the government to do that for me. Then there's all kind of distorted views of this. The fire movement is so popular among a lot of young people. These live in the the threads of Reddit and other social media platforms. What is fire? Financially independent, retire early. Sounds really noble. Sounds really awesome until you realize it's soulless. What does it mean? It means they work like crazy. No balance at all. Just working themselves to the bone to try to be able to amass enough money so they don't enjoy life. They don't live life. They're just working, 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 working. Saving, 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 but no living, 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 living. And the goal is, is to be in their 40s and walk away. Now, they'll have the money, but they won't have much experience to rely on other than work. And then they're going to find out that they still need to work to do something positive proactive to give a contribution to the world. Their soul will slowly seep out of their body if they don't. Then you got the anti-work movement, which is on the other side. The anti-work movement is, I think it's so wrong for me as a human being to have to work this many hours a day and not be around my family and my dog and my kitty cat. This is real. So you have these kind of knee-jerk emotional reactions to the fear in this world. The fear, let me go back and make sure you're, you're catching all this. You go, how does fear lead to anti-work? I'm going to explain it. When I am fearful, I am all about protection and comfort. I'm not about the discomfort of facing hard things, dealing with failure, moving beyond failure. It's all about when I'm fearful all the time, my entire default mode is just about protection. Now, if you go back to the dawn of man, this is why our brains are the way they are. Not to mention our creator gave us this beautiful computer called the amygdala in the back of our brain that allows us to respond to danger. And so that's a, that's a normal function, but it's gotten out of whack. We're like a zoo animal. See, we were designed to create, to go do, to adventure, to, to do things, to explore, to achieve. It's why our heart longs for success and longs for contribution. That's the way we're wired. But now we've become scared, comfortable people like a wild animal. They pull out of the Sahara and put it in a zoo for most of its life. Still a wild animal. The instincts are still there, but they're dulled. You know why? Because it hadn't had to hunt for food anymore. It wakes up every day, poops in the same basic area, 
eats at the same time, doesn't chase anything, doesn't get chased. It's just lost its wild instinct. That's us that are living fearfully. So what's the solution? I think there's two things. It's very simple. Think critically, act differently. What do I mean by think critically? When you hear all these messages of fear and worry and, oh, be safe, do this, do this, why don't you critically break it down? Are the experts right? Is the research right? Or is this marketing jargon? And then act differently. How about instead of being safe, why don't we dare? Instead of going for average, why don't we pursue great? Get out of the matrix if you do. If you're enjoying the program, it's adding value to you and you think it might help somebody else, would you help us in two ways? If you watch on YouTube, would you subscribe to the channel and then share uh, a highlight or an episode? And if you're listening via your favorite podcast app, would you give us a follow and a five-star review? That would be great. Also, oh, we still have got three more events coming your way. Uh, coming out on the road solo, folks. And I just want you folks who are listening and watching this program if you need to be there, you need that extra push. I'll be speaking on the formula for living and acting courageously. This has obviously professional and personal implications and financial. And then I'll be taking questions live in the crowd. This is an event for you, for your friends, your family, who just aren't where they want to be in their life. Does it have job and, and career uh, aspects? Yes. Does it help you win more financially? Yes. Is it good for you personally and relationally? Yes. That's what we're doing. So we've got three more events to go. Chicago, May 16th. Atlanta, Georgia, May 18th. Dallas, Texas, May 23rd. KenColeman.com slash events. KenColeman.com slash events. Get your ticket today. All right. Well, my friends at Gallup, they do such good work. And uh, they got some more data out. Employee engagement, in other words, productivity, um, is decreasing. This is a real problem, folks. This is not something, this is not another piece of data. This is scary stuff. Employee engagement dropped to 32%, meaning only 32% of American workers are truly engaged in their work. It dropped from 34%, so two percentage points from the last report in 2021. Active disengagement, that's the quiet quitting crap and and uh, uh, what's the new Monday one? Bare minimum Monday. I mean, these people are so in love with average, they like coming up with names for it. And Americans are reporting higher levels of dissatisfaction and malaise at work. Now, malaise, gosh, what a good word. This is how I define malaise for our viewing audience. For our listening audience, you got the picture. It's just me looking at the camera, slowly moving my hand across my body. Malaise. I'm in a stupor. I'm zoned out, baby. That's malaise. 
organizational satisfaction, clarity of expectations, opportunities to do what you do best, and a connection to the mission of the organization declined substantially. Now, when I list that out, you need to understand that this is a leadership problem. See, leaders are responsible for organizational satisfaction, for clarity of expectations, to put people in opportunities to win, to make sure that they see a connection to the story of the organization. When those, just one of those is not up to par, organizational satisfaction, clarity of expectation, opportunity to do what you do best, feeling connected to the organization's vision. With just one of those not being checked, people start to feel a slight bit of, huh, something's off. Two or more, it's only a matter of time. I think it's that simple. I think it's a, I think it's such a quick unplug, and you got to be aware of it. This uh, disengagement was highest among younger workers, This would be millennial and Gen Z workers under the age of 35. That was your highest number. I'll explain that in just a moment. Women were another group that it was high among, and then people in remote-ready jobs who are currently working fully on site. All right, so you have three different groups here that the disengagement is hitting the highest. Okay, let's let's talk younger workers under age 35. Let me tell you something. If they don't feel connected to the mission and they don't feel connected to you, the leader, more on that in just a moment, this younger generation, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, their eyes are scanning for the next gig. They need to feel connected to a bigger story and they need a connection with you, the leader. More on that in a second. Women, a whole different ballgame here. See, women are just deeper than men. They just have a deeper emotional connection to everything. I believe that's a positive. I can imagine somebody insulting me or getting mad about that. I can't possibly understand how, but I'll go ahead and say, okay, it's all right. I just offended you. I just think women have a deeper emotional awareness. They connect deeper to things than men. That's a negative about men. It's a positive about women. And as a result, you put a woman in a role where she doesn't know what the mission is about. Forget it. Women are ultimate mission finders and completers. You put a woman in a situation where the organization doesn't run well, she's going to go, what's going on here? I expect this when I got a room full of toddlers. We're supposed to be professionals here. Wipe your mouth. Sit up straight. Come on. So you get the deal. My friend Gallup CEO John Clifton wrote of this study, improving life at work isn't rocket science, but the world is closer to colonizing Mars than it is to fixing the world's broken workplaces. He's right, and this is, this is so sad. The real fix is this simple, he went on to write. Better leaders in the workplace. Great leaders help colleagues learn and grow, recognize their colleagues for doing great work, and make them feel cared about. And he's absolutely right. Let's go deeper. If there was just one thing that leaders could begin to do on a daily basis, just one of the myriad of things they've got to do to to help meet people's needs at work, one of them is just recognition. 
it doesn't have to be a long sit-down, knee-to-knee conversation telling them 21 things they did great. Now, there are some snowflakes in every generation, and and so this is not just you know a millennial Gen Z thing. Some people need a whole lot more stroking than others, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking just recognizing them in the form of a one-on-one saying, hey, I see what you're doing you're doing a great job. You're improving here. You, you, you got a good headspace on this. Your attitude was great here. You Boy, you pivoted here. Boy, you stepped up the other day and did this for a customer. That kind of thing. In other words, catch them doing something right on a regular basis. And then recognize them in front of their peers, their coworkers. Hey, everybody gather around. I want to call attention to this is huge. Now, I think we all understand that, but there's some science behind this. When those two examples take place that I just gave you, there's a chemical reaction. The brain has an area called the hypothalamus, and that part of the brain is triggered and it produces dopamine, the same chemical that's released when a person exercises or laughs. Dopamine is the chemical that gives us satisfaction. It's also the chemical that motivates us. Ooh, I want more of that. You want to know why your kid's addicted to his phone? Dopamine. You want to know why TikTok and all of these Instagrams and all the world's uh, snaps and all the stuff, whatever it is, they've figured out the algorithm that keep giving our brain what we want. Ooh, I'm satisfied. Oh, because I'm satisfied, I want to do more of this. It's the magic of dopamine. So it comes down to basic psychology. Leaders. If people feel loved, if people feel safe, they're going to be happy. And that produces dopamine. And they're going to want to keep coming back. You say, well, I, I can't walk around recognizing people all the time. Uh, Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. I I would simplify leadership. I'm oversimplifying here, but the point will be made. I'd simplify leadership to just hire the right people to do the job, train them, get them the right stuff, and then spend the rest of your time telling them how great they're doing, if they're actually doing good. Oh, leadership is so hard. Yeah, it can be because of people, but it's pretty simple. What if you could get absolutely confident about who you are and what you want to do with your life in about 18 minutes? Maybe less for some of you. The Get Clear Assessment is for you. You're going to get really clear on who you are. You're going to get a report on what you do best. Think of talent. What you love to do. This is passion at work. And what motivates you missional results. You get all of that boiled down into a purpose statement that becomes a 30,000 foot view of what a dream job could be for you. Purpose in work and life. And you get so much more talent traps, passion pitfalls and mission missteps, just to name a few. 
It's a fantastic report. It's only 30 bucks. KenColeman.com slash assessment. KenColeman.com slash assessment. Be a great gift for that graduating high school senior or college senior or just someone who's stuck. Maybe it's a spouse. They just need some awareness, a little nudge to move forward. KenColeman.com slash assessment. Let's go to Christina now in San Diego, California. Christina, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hi, Ken. Thank you for taking my call. Hi, Christina. Good to take your call. What's up? Um, so I've read your book, From Paycheck to Purpose, and I've realized that my current job does not fulfill my mission statement. So my husband and I have been thinking and praying about what it might look like for me to change jobs. However, my concern at this point is that my husband has stage four cancer, and we have health insurance through my employer. Mm. We've reached our deductible for the year because of all of his treatments so far. And right now we do not have a time frame on when treatments will end. So is now the time to be considering a career change with everything going on? And if so, how can I make this change? I think now is the time to consider and make some plans. I don't know if now is time to pull the trigger based on this mm-hmm situation first of all i'm very very sorry that you guys are going through this fight how does it look what what do you know yeah so um so far the treatments are going well um his tumors are shrinking so we're really thankful for that um and he just started treatments uh at the start of the year so we're just starting the battle but uh but so far it's looking pretty pretty promising okay do you know what you want to go into, this this different career path? So based on my mission statement um, that I came up with, uh, I was kind of thinking, and I've kind of always been thinking about academic advising um, and higher education specifically. That's always kind of been on my heart and my, my mind. Um, okay. So, yeah. What so do you do now? Um, I am in the staffing industry. And I'm a program manager. Okay. And are you qualified based on what research you've done to move into academic advising? I'm guessing this is on the higher education level. Is that right? Yes. It, that's what I'm kind of looking into. Um, and I believe so. I do have my bachelor's degree um, and my master's. So, I mean, I'm qualified. A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't have the experience per se. That doesn't um, matter. That doesn't matter. But yeah. Okay. So what do you make now? And then what have you learned about those positions in your area as to what they pay? Is it close? Is it an upgrade in pay if you do the advising? So that's the challenge with this. Um, Currently I'm making $52,000. And actually at the end of last year, I interviewed and um, got the job um, for a position, but I actually declined it because of the pay. It was, it was actually quite a hit. Um, I think it was about 10,000 less. That's what I, that's, that's what I was wondering. And so, yeah. So in that situation, I'm thinking, okay, what is it about the academic advising job that I love? And I want to break that down. And then I want to say, okay, where else can I do that kind of work? Because it, it, it's not necessarily always so, place specific to me Mm -hmm. it's about function specific in other words you you know you've heard me talk about this i'm assuming you know the assessment Mm -hmm. measures what you do best that's talent so you use what you do best to do what you love to produce results that matter to you so 
someone who wants to do academic advising, my guess is, is that you're driven by influence, influencing people or serving people. Is that true or false? Yes, that's true. Okay. And my guess is that you're pretty good at uh, communicating and connecting with people, probably somewhat analytical. Yes. Okay. Yep, that's correct. Oh, wow. I'm doing pretty good so far here. I better, <laughs> you're nailing it, yes. Um, and, and you're also going to be good at some of those things as well. And 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 so I I would step... Have you taken my Get Clear assessment? You know what? I just did yesterday. <laughs> and um, the mission statement that 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 program came up with was almost identical to what I came up with when I was reading through your book. So, so here's the thing. Pretty spot on. So that's the job description. And I wonder... I wonder what else is out there besides academic advising that allows you to do all the same thing that academic advising would allow you to do. And it pays more. Yeah. Here's where I'm going. Right. I just got to believe that when you look at your assessment results and you look at what you're talented at and you look at what you love to do, there are some jobs out there that you could be making six figures mm-hmm. plus the healthcare. Right. So my answer to your original question is, yes, now's the time to be looking, mm-hmm. planning. And if we find the right thing, I mean, with a master's, um, I, I'm just telling you, like, I, it's, I, I just want you to, here's what, here's a homework assignment. I want you to, I want you to write down, excuse my voice. I want you to write down. what you would love about advising students every day. And I don't want you to think of it in terms of academic advice. I want you to just write down the emotional. So I would love sitting with someone, with a student, someone, whatever, and mm-hmm. listening to them as they share their goals and dreams and blah, blah, blah. You know, just write it out very real. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to look at that and go, now, now that combined with my, purpose statement in the get clear assessment that you just took yesterday. That's what you're looking for. Okay. You're not limited to academic advising. Here's what you want to do. You want to advise others. Mm -hmm. You want to gather information for others. You want to analyze that information for others. You want to make a couple recommendations to others. You want to cheer others on. Does that sound about right? Yes, exactly. Well, where else can you do that? You know, it's very interesting to me. Um, I mean, you could go so many directions. You could go into HR, make really good money, higher up the ladder as you move up the ladder. You could, you, you could, uh, you could go into so many different fields of where you are analyzing, advising, communicating, connecting. I mean, you could do that. I, I would just open it up. I would open up the search. Yeah. I really would. And now okay, you know what you want it to look like. Yeah, because with your degree background and what you've done so far, you should be making six figures. Yeah. Yeah, I've just been so stuck. And I just, well, yeah. I've you know why? And then now this situation. And yes. Well, so, sweetheart, you're going through a lot. I don't even know how you're, I don't even know how you're talking on the phone right now. Um, <laughs> just, just unbelievable uh, what you're going through right now. Um, but, but I want to tell you this, the reason you've been stuck is because, you're scared and you're mm-hmm. scared for your husband's life. Number one, but you're also scared about just what could I do? And I, I think going through this exercise I just gave you and you seeing your potential, and I'm telling you, 
Do you believe you could make six figures soon? I think I need to get there. I think I need to believe that. <laughs> you need, okay, my point is, okay, you don't believe it now because yeah. you haven't seen it. But you need to yeah. go search out there and see the type of roles that are essentially on paper, just like a finance, a, a college advisor. But it's in a much mm-hmm. bigger world, corporate world, make good money and great health benefits. But you stay where you are right now mm-hmm. until you find something you can step into and you got the great health care benefits and hopefully your husband is going to pull through. And I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to pray for you and your husband right now. Mm -hmm. What's your husband's name? Uh, RJ. Okay. Father God, Christina and RJ need your comfort right now. And we're asking for healing over RJ. I pray that you give him and Christina comfort and that their best days would be ahead. Thank you, Christina. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Press on. Thanks for listening to the Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.